Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Good in the Room, a podcast where we talk about the entertainment industry and kind of what next steps are to moving forward. Uh, I actually wanted to change the format of this slightly from what I originally planned for at least today's episode. Uh, I've got some potential travel coming up, so I wanted to discuss kind of an important... Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Good in the Room. A podcast where we talk about the entertainment industry and kind of what next steps are to moving forward. Uh, I actually wanted to change the format of this slightly from what I originally planned for at least today's episode. Uh, I've got some potential travel coming up, so I wanted to discuss kind of an important point in there that affects how we do media and any content creation these days. Um, And it's know your audience. Know who you want to talk to, know what you want to say and know how you want to say it. That's kind of been a life lesson that I've had growing up. Uh, I was very lucky that one of our good family friends was a marketer and advertiser. Um, And the very basic principles about telling any story is first, know who you're talking to. Now, what does that mean in like entertainment, right? So, you know, let's look about some media things. Uh, Let's pull up Pacific Rim 2 that just came out, right? So Pacific Rim 2 had an awful opening weekend in the States. 25 million. That That's really pretty bad comparatively. However, they made 125 million opening weekend more or less just out of Southeast Asia. So what was their target there? Were they going for the domestic or were they going for international? Well, You know, looking at a high level, domestically they're owned by Legendary Pictures, but Legendary Pictures is now owned by, I believe it's the Wanda Group, out of China. They're trying to create their own large IP and world, because Wanda also develops theme parks, video games, content. So it would make sense that an IP isn't necessarily 100% addressed towards the U.S. domestic market because they've got other ideas for it, right? And a lot of that takes place now. You know, I'm getting ready to potentially go over to Indonesia for two projects I'm working on, and that should happen anytime in the next two weeks. A lot of the rules that we would do for, say, a theme park here in the United States don't apply. You know, not only are standards different as far as building code and, you know, expectations, But just from a cultural standpoint, they look and see different things. But that's the exciting part about a lot of new content that's coming out is legitimately, you are not reliant on local traditional markets. Perhaps the idea you have for a podcast or content may not work in Ohio, may actually work in South America. Look it up, change things up. That's part of the fun of it. You know, uh, I was just talking with someone in one of the other chat rooms about, um, you know, their their girlfriend is an actress, but they're currently living in Ohio. Is Atlanta the way to go? Is, you know, Los Angeles the place to go? I would counter, if you're developing content on your own, it doesn't matter where you're physically located. It matters that you know who your audience is and make sure that you're driving content to them. So that's one of the big things there. I, I want to give a couple examples of streamers that are currently doing this. 
You know, in the last 10 years, reality TV has become huge for a lot of reasons, mainly because, well, it's cheap. Um, and it's a fake authenticity that kind of bridges the gap between what streamers have been able to do and what traditional television networks are looking for. But you know what? A lot of these passions, a lot of these jobs that people are working on don't need an HGTV behind them. You can get it on your own. Uh, two examples of, of uh, streamers to check out. I'd say check out uh, Mr. Impact with two T's at the end. Uh, Mr. Impact is a carpenter and plays video games. But you know what? He's working on a desk uh, that he's custom building for another streamer. People would spend thousands of dollars to create that content and put it on HGTV. But now you not only get to watch it directly through Twitch, you can interact with the person doing it in real time. Uh, so a lot of that intermediary quote-unquote reality TV is suddenly a different environment, different conversation that we're having, right? Uh, another person to look at, like TLC would traditionally buy content like this, but go check out Nerd and Needle. What she does is she does custom embroidery and custom, um, I don't know how to properly say it, but you know she builds crafts and things like that and sells it on Etsy, but she does a lot of this live. That's a TLC season right there is watching someone put th uh, something together like that. Um, so the markets change. Now, the biggest thing to understand is that when you're talking about the internet and what the internet is capable of for content, is realize that you don't have to be in one location to get things done. Um, you know, someone I went to middle high school and college with is the actor Josh Gad. Now, before Josh really became famous on, um, uh, you know, through television, film, before he was on Broadway, Josh was doing speech and debate at school, right? But he was always funny. He was always putting himself out there. When the internet started first producing his own content, he was on uh, Funny or Die. He was on a lot of these initial web content uh, areas and was able to gain a lot of his following just from being who he is. Um, yes, he is very successful in the traditional media field, but his success this way forward has been a lot based on how aggressive he is with building his capabilities. Um, you know, two of the other actors and actresses that I've already talked to about being on this podcast, they do their thing. You know, the 20s was a grind as they figured out, you know, what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. Uh, and I can also tell you a lot of people I know that were actors and actresses have left the industry entirely. Um, but I push back on all of it and say, why are you doing this? You know, a lot of my friends that are still in the industry don't do this because they're expecting a paycheck. They all have jobs doing something else. They're doing this because they love creating the art. And because they're so authentic and generous with this, in a lot of cases, that's getting noticed and they're starting to move forward with other projects and other capabilities there. Um, so that's one of the big pictures. But going back to know your audience, again, you're not talking to the person next to you. You could be talking to the person 20,000 miles away. You could be talking to someone all the way on the other spectrum of you know, life that you've never had any exposure to. 
So when you're developing content, don't try and do a one-size-fits-all, but use each medium to show off what you're capable of. Um, and just like you know, other podcast streamers will talk about, uh, Professor Broman, never, ever, ever get settled in doing one thing. Nowadays, you can't just get locked in being a producer for television or a concept artist. You need to have a more diverse set of skills and a more diverse set of capabilities because, you know, today we're no longer just cogs in a machine. We have to more actively take things into our own hands and build our content to show our capabilities. Uh, so that's the big picture there. Uh, I'm going to open up for any questions or comments that come in both through uh, Twitter and Twitch. So go ahead and shoot me some stuff. All right. Uh, one of the comments is, why am I traveling? Uh, well, right now I've got two projects in Indonesia, uh, both theme park ride related. Uh, and again, this is a, another conversation about who is our audience. Um, we are building custom high-level theme park quality projects uh, overseas because that is what they're looking for. But in a lot of cases, you know, the way that we would typically you know, use subtext or put uh, visual references or things like that into designs you have to change. It even goes down to as basic as, you know, we have to rethink how people are going to wait in line to ride it because we in the United States are trained to wait in lines. We're very good at it comparatively. Other parts of the world, you know, the queue doesn't mean anything. It's just the means to the end. So a lot of the way that you would interact with audiences along the way that you'd build things up here in the States won't necessarily work in Southeast Asia or the Middle East or other content areas like that. Additionally, even the basic idea doesn't necessarily translate. You know, I remember I was doing a lot of work in the Middle East and you really didn't want to use sci-fi or fantasy in some of the countries that you're working at because it just, no one had any interest in it. Now, you take out a game like uh, FIFA or Call of Duty, and everyone, everyone was playing that. But as soon as you added something, you know, what's the word? Um, extraordinary about the scenario, it started becoming hard to, to grasp, to fathom. Um, you know, it's just a lot of those sort of conversations is realizing that we all live to a certain degree within our own bubble and our own echo chamber just because of how we grow up. The internet is, has the ability to burst that if you're open to it and therefore put you in front of diverse groups that you never thought you were going to have impact on. You know, and if you want to be in the uh, entertainment industry now, you can't just look at the U.S. domestic market as the way of doing it. You know, a lot of the money for productions these days no longer come from the U.S. The big 10 tent poles of the year, a lot of the money is coming from China, from Germany, um, you know, the, the different countries, India, uh, China, even the Middle East uh, countries there are starting to develop their own content because they don't want the same stuff over and over again out of Hollywood. Uh, so there's an enormous amount of opportunity there. But if you think the traditional models to do everything are your best bet, you're going to get locked, you're going to get lost, and you're going to get forgotten. Uh, so drive out media, drive out content, show your capabilities there. 
Now, having said all this, you know, I've been very down on the quote-unquote old traditional way of doing things. And the truth is there's always going to be a need for that, at least over the next decade, because a lot of this change is based on people who can adopt the technology. But, you know, just the U.S. population alone isn't made up of entirely people that have adopted So there's definite things there, but even in 2018, we still have theater. We still have musicals. You know, unique, good content still has a place. We've seen that with Hamilton. You know, from a television show, we're we're, we're seeing that with things like uh, The Walking Dead. You know, there's definitely a place for good content. But now it's no longer only the place for that content. Hey, Cody, how you doing? I literally was just talking about the, the conversation we were having uh, in bromance chat. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely know that there's always a way, but that way isn't going to be the only thing. Uh, all right, what else? Anyone else have any other questions? We're talking, for those of you that just came in, we're talking about knowing your audience, getting your content out there, and what that means across the board. Let people chat a bit, or type a bit. So why people are chatting, just a couple people I've talked to. The uh, InVen Global um, eSports conference is coming up at UC Irvine uh, May 1st. This is being put on by InVen Global, which is one of the largest eSports portals and um, content creators in Korea. Uh, They're starting to expand into the United States. So if you have any interest in the business of eSports, be there. Um, you can check them out at inven, I-N-V-E-N, global.com. Um, and the conference is incredible. They've got ownership and players from Cloud9, from Team SoloMid, like an amazing turnout. Uh, Kim Fon, who is the director of esports products from Blizzard, is giving the keynote. Uh, and it's really designed to get people directly in the face of all of this. Um, assuming I'm back in time for my travels, I'll actually be at that event as well and be sitting down with Don Marinelli, who is the Director of Innovation of Invent Global and one of my own personal close mentors. Uh, we're going to talk about a bit what is the industry overall, everything from television to film, VR, AR, gaming, and esports, uh, and then talk a little bit more about what he's specifically doing with Invent and kind of where he sees the future of that going. Uh, I'm also going to be sitting down with uh, Jamie Defino, who's another good friend and mentor of mine, who is the co-owner of the E-United franchise. So we're going to talk about his journey and how you know he kind of got into the space. Uh, additionally, I've got, uh, as I mentioned before, several actors and actresses, screenwriters, uh, licensing and IP people that I'm going to be talking with, uh, as well as artists that have kind of figured out how to find their own niche and do their own thing. Uh, so with that, uh, doesn't look like we've got any more questions 